Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it sure is. And we are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon, a man who did not get thrown off the Intel Committee yesterday, Adam Schiff. And Eric Swalwell shown the door after Kevin McCarthy did a little bit of uh, house cleaning, if you will. Get him out of here. Get him out. We're going to discuss with Fox News contributor and black conservative Gianno Caldwell, who was thrown out of a Miami restaurant this past Saturday because of his political beliefs. That's not right. Crazy talk. We're going to get into that. And Fox and Friends weekend host Pete Hegseth, Pistol Pete. Cable news super hunk stopping by to discuss the war on Ron DeSantis, who is refusing to placate the woke mob who insist there are no biological differences between men and women. Boys have a penis. Girls have a vagina. Yeah, it's going to be a day full of fun facts today. 888-788-9910. If you'd like to share any fun facts of your own, you know the rules on the program. They never change. No matter where we are, no matter what new affiliate we're broadcasting on this week, we got a lot happening. We've got a lot of announcements coming. Uh, but the one thing we will not be announcing is a rule change. You know the deal on this show, an audio safe space for cool people. You can be a Republican. You can be a Democrat. All we ask is that you don't be a There it is. Happy Wednesday, everybody. If you're watching Failavision on the telly, uh, I will be on Waters World tonight with Jesse Waters doing our Wednesday night hit. That goes off at 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. And two quick updates to the people going to my stand-up shows. So uh, the bad news is out in Carson, Nevada. My Saturday night shows February the 4th at the Nugget have both sold out. That's kind of exciting. Wow. Big deal for me. I'm flattered by the interest. Uh, But the good news is if you do not yet have tickets... Uh, Dean, the legendary Dean DeLulo, owner of the Nugget, has just contacted me personally. Runs a class operation. He doesn't put, like, a rep on the phone or a a guy who knows a guy. You get a call from the owner himself. Very classy. And he just announced that we are adding a third show Saturday night, February the 4th. So if you're a newer listener to the show and you're listening on KSUE up in Susanville, Northeast California, uh, you got an easy commute if you want to come into Carson and hang out with your radio buddy and meet me in person. I'd love to have you. Uh, and I will be on your morning show there on KSUE this coming Monday with Chris and Andrea uh, talking it up. And uh, we're going to be giving away two complimentary tickets to the show. But assuming you don't win those tickets, you are certainly welcome to buy them at ccnugget.com. Uh, other update is the show's sold out completely in Utica which is Friday night, February the 17th, Saturday night, February the 18th. All four shows have sold out. I have just been informed by the owner of that establishment. We will be adding a third show Saturday night. The kids are happy. But now we got to talk about Adam Schiff and we got to talk about Eric Swalwell. Yeah, I didn't think that was going to go over well. But pound for pound, if I'm going to sit here and plug my own comedy shows, I do have to give credit where it's due to McCarthy, who really was like laugh out loud funny if you were listening to how he dressed down reporters yesterday. And I want to make it a point to give him his credit because I was very critical of Kevin McCarthy when he was trying to get confirmed as House Speaker. I still to this day don't see the rush in getting him through the process as quickly as Republicans wanted to, if for no other reason then, they still don't control the Senate. So a lot of what they're doing in the House is symbolic. 
But when it comes to stashing, uh, you know, and staffing committees and when it comes to some of these investigations, yes, that stuff does matter. They don't have the power to pass legislation. They do have the power of the purse. They do have the power to look into the shady dealings of corrupt politicians in our government. Uh Oh, I'm in trouble. There's nobody shadier, though. Jokes aside about Joe Biden. There's nobody shadier than Adam Schiff and Eric Swalwell, who have no business being anywhere near an intel committee. Why? Because that committee has access to the most secretive, the most potentially damaging, should it get turned to the wrong hands, but the, you know, the most high-level security information in our country is on the intel committee. They see things you don't. They see things I don't. But understand, when Adam Schiff was running that committee, he went out and knowingly perpetrated the Russia hoax, which we now know was a hoax. I'm not saying that to defend Trump. I'm saying that to defend the truth. Okay, they staged a Russia collusion hoax based on nothing other than unsubstantiated research that was bought and paid for by the Clinton campaign to craft a counter narrative to her classified email scandal. That's what the Mueller probe was. They knew they weren't going to find collusion because they knew they had based the entire thing on a fraud. Okay, so when it came to Mueller, when it came to Russia, the process was the punishment. That probe wasn't designed to end with them finding collusion. That probe was designed to end halfway through by getting Trump to self-destruct, fire Robert Mueller, and create the perception that there was a there there. He knows what he's talking about. And Trump almost took the bait a zillion times. His inner circle were like, you can't fire Mueller. You fire Mueller, they're all going to say, well, you fired him because he was closing in on you. And then everybody's going to be like, see, I told you he was a Russian. But in letting it play out, okay, every one of those Democrats that had leaked stories to the media that had participated in a death by a thousand cut scenario were forced to publicly acknowledge via the release of the Mueller report that there was no collusion, nor was there ever any pretense to investigate collusion. (laughs) But there are people out there to this day that think despite the fact that Adam Schiff got on TV, and don't ever forget this, Adam Schiff said we have proof of Russian collusion. It is beyond circumstantial. You understand, this is a guy on the Intel Committee. This is a guy with access to our most sensitive documents, damaging the integrity, our trust, our belief in those very committees, in the very overseeing of our intelligence by knowingly weaponizing a lie. This is Chef. Here you go. All you have right now is a circumstantial case. Uh, actually, no, Chuck. Uh, I, I can tell you that the case is more than that, uh, and I can't go into the particulars, but there is more than circumstantial evidence now. So, um, again, I think... So you have Clapper, seen direct evidence of collusion? Uh, I don't want to go into specifics, mm. but I will say that there is evidence that is not circumstantial uh, and, uh, and is very much worthy of investigation. You're a bald-faced liar. A liar. Okay, it's not circumstantial. It's beyond that. It warrants investigation. He was saying all of this knowing it wasn't true. Do you understand? He does not have the integrity to be on this committee because it undermines your faith in the integrity of the committee as a whole. I think he's got a point. No reason for him to be there. Eric Swalwell's just the same. You understand Eric Swalwell was caught having sex with a Chinese spy. Oh, yes. I've read about that in the Bible. But the point is, if the Chinese spies are in your bedroom, 
You know where else they are? In your conversations. They're in your laptop. They're in your emails. They're in your communications. They are, by all intents and purposes, using you as a compromised security risk. Okay, and that's what happened to Swalwell. That's what happened to Schiff. But there are people out there that still insist they belong on this committee. They're saying, oh, this is just a payback because they went after Trump. And now, obviously, Kevin McCarthy's just going after them. Wrong. No, no. You understand. What they did was wrong. Okay, but keeping them on the committee endangers you. It endangers me. It endangers Jenny. It endangers Lincoln because we have compromised people on the committee. So this is an this is a you know another example where Republicans are fighting our foreign enemies by getting compromised people off the intel committee, but Democrats are fighting Republicans. There's not the common ground. It's like COVID. When COVID hit our shores, Trump fought the virus. Democrats fought Trump. That's how it worked. That's how it went on. I mean, the whole grounds for getting him out of office was that he mismanaged COVID. But understand that since Biden took office, nearly three times as many people have died of COVID as they did under Trump. This despite that we have not one, not two, but three vaccines. I mean, what do they all have in common? Uh, None of them actually work if we were going to be fair about this. I admire your honesty. But the fact remains, Biden has mismanaged COVID, the economy, our schools and everything else tied into it. But the point here over and over and over again is for the Democrats, it's so much more important to fight the Republicans than it is to get things right in the country. It's why the border screwed up. I mean, they basically undid border policies that had cut illegal border crossings by to an 80 year low. Okay, and we got rid of Title 42. We got rid of Remain in Mexico and we stopped the border wall construction. That's stupid. Use your common sense. Especially stupid when you consider that both political parties had voted for border wall construction in the past. They voted for a border wall under George W. Bush, and they voted for a border wall under Barack Obama. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. But the point is they opposed border security and undid policies just because it was more important to call Republicans racist at the border than it was to keep us safe. So there's two different, you know, approaches to what's going on on the Intel Committee. McCarthy wants people on there that aren't sleeping with foreign spies and gaslighting the country over fake collusion hosts, hoaxes. It's a pretty reasonable request. Democrats, despite the fact that there's no way in hell they're getting on the committee, want to use this ouster as means to show the Republicans are corrupt. But when you think about this, what goal is the goal everyone should be prioritizing? Having a safe and secure committee or just using the fact that someone's been rightfully ousted as grounds to attack your political opponent. I think we all know the answer, but Kevin McCarthy's going to give it to you loud and clear anyway. Here is McCarthy being asked about it yesterday. This is good stuff. It's clip one. What did Adam Schiff do as the chairman of the Intel Committee? What Adam Schiff did, use his power as a chairman and lie to the American public. Even the inspector general said it. When Devin Nunes put out a memo, he said it was false. When we had a laptop, he used it before an election to be politics and say that it was false and said it was the Russians. When he knew different, when he knew the intel, if you talk to um, John Radcliffe, DNI, he came out ahead of time and says there's no intel to prove that, and he used his position as chairman, knowing he has information the rest of America does not and lied to the American public. When a whistleblower came forward, he said he, he did not know the individual, even though his staff had met with him and set it up. So, no, he does not have a right to sit on that. But I will not be like Democrats and play politics with these, where they removed Republicans from committees and all committees. So, yes, he can serve on a committee, but he will not serve on intel, because 
it goes to the national security of America. And I will always put them first. Go home to mommy. Go home. Bye. Go home to mommy. Go home to mommy. So think about this. He didn't say Schiff can't be on a committee. He didn't say Swalwell can't be on a committee. He said they can't be on this committee. Bingo. Meaning intelligence. People who've compromised our intelligence shouldn't be on the committee. Okay, would you hire OJ to be on the marriage committee? The answer would be no. Seriously. Hey, we're forming a babysitting committee. Uh, what do you, should we hire Casey Anthony? The answer would be no. Of course not. No differently than when Ted Kennedy was alive, they didn't make him transportation czar for obvious reasons. But the point is, okay, the people waging war against McCarthy are omitting one very inconvenient fact. These idiots compromised our national security. Here he is saying as much about Eric Swalwell, clip two. And if you want to talk about Swalwell, let's talk about Swalwell, because you have not had the briefing that I had. I had the briefing and Nancy Pelosi had the briefing from the FBI. The FBI never came before this Congress to tell the leadership of this Congress that Eric Swalwell had a problem with a Chinese spy until he served on Intel. So it wasn't just us who were concerned about it. The FBI was concerned about putting a member of Congress on the Intel Committee that has the rights to see things that others don't because of his knowledge and relationship with a Chinese spy. They brought it to the works of the leaders. I've got that briefing. So I do not believe he should sit on there, that committee. And I believe there's 200 other Democrats that can serve on that committee. So this has nothing to do with Santos. Santos is not on the Intel Committee. But you know what? Those voters elected Schiff, even though he lied. Those voters elected Swalwell, even though he lied to the American public, too. So you know what? I'll respect his voters, too, and they'll serve on committees. But they will not serve on a place that has national security reverence because integrity matters to me. That's the answer to your question. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! Good for McCarthy. I've bagged on McCarthy plenty. Because I don't care. I don't know any of these guys, my loyalty. I don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat. You're a politician. You work for us. And the point is, as someone who's in a position to do the hiring, as are you, being a voter in a constitutional republic, at some point we have to start putting our country's interests ahead of our party's interests. Okay, if you're clamoring for a guy who faked a Russia hoax to be on the Intel Committee, you're not looking out for our country. Okay, and if you're doing the same for a guy who shacked up with a Chinese spy, hubba hubba. But you're still not doing our country any favors. So, for my money, this is addition by subtraction. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. When you're right, you're right. You're right. A show so good, it moves the stock market. The Dow racing up on Jimmy's remarks. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. All right, this one's for the fellas who want to tap the brakes on the aging process. How do you do that, Jimbo? We're talking about Nugenics Total T. Okay, every day that passes by is a day that you lose testosterone, which means less muscle, less energy, less get up and go in the bedroom. That doesn't sound any fun. But are you really ready to lose your shape, your muscle, maybe even in your energy? You don't have to. 
Okay, you can slow it down with Nugenics Total Tea. Nugenics Total Tea, it'll boost free and total testosterone, and it'll help you get the old fire back at work, in the gym, in the bedroom. How about it? Nugenics Total Tea Testosterone Booster has Testafin, which will boost your testosterone. You know, the man hormone. How about more of that? You can try Nugenics Total Tea before you buy. There's nothing to lose, everything to gain. Now get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea when you text 231-231 and enter the keyword Jimmy. Text now. You'll get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo X, the newest and most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you lose fat fast and get lean fast. It is absolutely free. Your complimentary sample available to you if you text 231-231 and enter keyword Jimmy. It's 231-231 and you enter the keyword Jimmy. Texting enrolls you in a recurring automated text messages. Consent not required to purchase. Message and data rates may apply. Oh, girl, it is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon, 888-788-9910. Pete Hegseth is coming up. Fox News super hunk with his long, wavy hair that he rocks on the set. I love it when you talk dirty. We're also going to hear from Gianno Caldwell. But right now, uh, we do need to hear from Adam Schiff. Thrown off the Intel Committee yesterday. He takes some shots at McCarthy, throws out all the words, salad, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Trump, Mar-a-Lago. But one thing he never speaks to, and you'll hear the clip yourself, is what he did to justify being booted from the committee. It is clip three. You know, sadly, it's going to do damage to the committee uh, to have him use it as this kind of political plaything. Uh, this is Kevin McCarthy responding to... The demands of the most extreme elements of his conference, the Marjorie Taylor Greens, the Paul Gosars, uh, and responding to the wishes of his boss down in Mar-a-Lago. Um, his upset is over the fact that we investigated and impeached Donald Trump over his withholding of hundreds of millions of dollars uh, from Ukraine uh, in its war with Russia uh, in order to extort that country into helping his campaign. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Seriously, Adam Schiff. Don't you have any respect for yourself? Of course he doesn't. Okay, he's bringing up a Ukrainian impeachment that, like the Mueller hoax, the Russia hoax before it, was a scam. Do you understand? Did Ukraine get his money? The answer is yes. That is correct. Okay, did Ukraine's president claim they were being extorted by Trump or having the aid held up? The answer would be no. So by default, that whole impeachment was a scam. We know it was an exercise of projection to cover up the wrongdoing the Bidens were engaged in in Ukraine. You've all watched the video of Biden saying, well, I told them we owe you a billion dollars in foreign aid. But if that prosecutor isn't fired, you're not getting a dime. And wouldn't you know it, son of a by the end of the day, the prosecutor was fired. Do you remember that story? It's a famous video. It's all over the Internet. But anyway, getting past all of that. Adam Schiff talks about Mar-a-Lago, talks about the Ukraine impeachment, talks about Marjorie Taylor Greene. You know what he never talks about once is his role in lying to the country. Again, this guy went on TV and said he had definitive proof of Russian collusion. This is totally false. And he knew it was false at the time. But he was willing to get out there every day as a member of this committee and knowingly undermine its integrity by lying to the American people, something we now know to be true, but he's still willing to go on CNN and be like, you don't understand, they did me dirty. Good gosh, Adam Schiff. 
The circus is hiring. That's the good news. The bad news is you're just still t- stuck as a third-tier CNN guest. CNN is the worst. Reality with a bit of insanity. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. Back in action on the big Wednesday episode of the show. And right now we're going to have a little chit-chat about classified information. Quickly, I'm, I'm so sick of this story right now. We don't have a lot of new developments. But what I told you yesterday, and until I am proven wrong, I will continue to insist that this is the truth every single day. And I know it is the truth. Okay, Joe Biden's biggest sin in the eyes of the liberal media, in the eyes of the Democratic Party, is that by mishandling classified information the way he did, he has denied them their lane to charge Donald Trump. When you're right, you're right. And you're right. That's his biggest defense right now. They're losing their minds because it's really hard to charge Trump with mishandling classified information that's in his house with Secret Service protection, knowing he was a president who had declassification powers. It's hard to wage that case. And then in the next breath, not charge Biden, who did not have declassification powers and who, oh, by the way, happened to be a U.S. senator for some of the documents found in his house. Biden is such a disaster. They hate him for this. Okay, but understand there are some members of the media that are still trying to keep hope alive and draw a distinction now that Mike Pence has outed himself as being in possession of a few classified documents. There are people trying to draw this distinction of, well, you know, it's different with Trump than it is with Pence and Biden. (laughs) But they make the claim because they say that Pence and Biden were cooperative with the feds, whereas Trump's lawyers were not. Now, we could have a debate over who was more cooperative and who was less cooperative, but a crime is still a crime. If you kill somebody and commit murder, you calling the cops and turning yourself in doesn't actually get you out of being charged. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. So understand, people that are trying to make this argument of distinction Okay, are doing so not because there is a distinction, but because even in this late hour where Biden has blown the whole thing, there are some people still clinging to hope. Why? Because they hate Trump with all the fiber in their being so they don't have to hate themselves. Ah, you have a good eye, my man. So here is Joe Scarborough. Pound for pound, I do mean this. Joe Scarborough, I mean, really the just the biggest partisan shell hack that's ever sat in front of a microphone or a TV camera. Just a loathsome human being. If you watch him and Mika, and we're going to play some of their vaccine coverage later, but if you just watch the dripping contempt they have for the right wing every day on their show, but you notice how the sneer doesn't go away even when they're talking about other things, what you quickly come to realize is that they'll never hate the right wing as much as they hate themselves. Bingo, man, bingo. Okay, so listen to this dripping disdain. Okay, this is Joe Scarborough yesterday. He's defending Mike Pence because he wants you to believe there's still hope, there's still reason. Okay, we could get this Trump guy, I'm telling you. And you might ask me, hey, Jimbo, 
amateur psychiatrist that you are. I'd be on amateur. I mean, driving a cab 12 hours a day, 84 hours a week for as many years as I did, everybody gets in and uses you as a form of affordable therapy because they know they're never going to see you again. So people will get in and go, so how's your day going? And then I'd always go, you know, not bad. How about you? And they'd go, funny you should ask. And then you realize you were about to sit through a 20-minute complaint about somebody they work with or some relationship they're in or what have you. And that was so standard operating procedure in my taxi. If you were an outgoing guy, people love the confessional of a taxi in that they don't believe they're ever going to see you again, so they'll tell you anything. Okay, that being said, you should keep in mind that from time to time you do see people again and it can get a little awkward if they just gave you 30 minutes on their love life and you pick them up the next day and you're like, oh, good morning, cowboy. This could be a problem. (laughs) It's not necessarily a problem, uh, but it's very awkward when you got to look the guy in the rearview mirror a second time as he's confessing about his fantasies as being a Viking raider and attacking a village and everything in between. You are a sad, strange little man. It's generally the vibe, and there's no shaking it. But in this instance, Joe Scarborough is not in my taxi, but he is on your radio. And I want you to play, hear this clip, okay, of him trying to keep up the balloon on Trump. And why does he hate Trump? This is the reason, and you need to know this. The reason the media hates Trump so much is he was a member of the media. This is really quick. This is very easy. Trump was on Celebrity Apprentice. He was one of them. Yes, he did have the highest-rated show for about 14 seasons, so maybe he was better than them in some pockets of the ratings. But he was one of them in the sense that they all swam in the same social circles. They all went to his wedding to to Melania. They all went to Mar-a-Lago to his parties, and he— went on all of their shows. You know how many times Donald Trump has been on Morning Joe? Seriously, over 100. You know how many times he's been on The View, who now tells you Trump is Hitler? Literally more than 50. Okay, never mind that NBC almost ran Jimmy Fallon out of town for booking him on his late-night show. Donald Trump hosted a show on NBC! Oh, wow! So all of these people loved him until they didn't. And the reason they didn't is, one, obviously, their politics. It's, you know, very insular in the liberal community of Hollywood. They absolutely positively detest anything that's conservative or pro-American. So the fact that Trump was taking those positions was ground for him being ostracized. But the bigger grudge, and no one ever speaks to this part directly, is not about political bias. It's about personal animus to a guy who rendered the rest of them irrelevant. Understand, they were all media people with big egos. There are a lot of big egos in the media. They're out there. These people are monstrosities. Everywhere they go, they're being told they're the most important thing in the world. They're the only thing that's worth watching on the television. They're so smart. I love what you did yesterday. That's the joy of me. That's why I am appreciated in media is I'm kind of just like the dopey family dog. They pet my stomach. They throw me tennis balls. I couldn't possibly have an ego because I don't possibly have an IQ to justify the ego. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. What can I tell you I'm good at? Having the good sense to tell you I'm bad at everything? I mean, that's my superpower is self-awareness. These people don't have self-awareness. And the fact that Trump became so omnipotent in the media and the fact that they hated that and that they wanted to stop his role and they wanted to cartoon him and clown him right out of the arena 
but were unable to do so. His success was a check on their power, and they lost their minds because of it. So to this day, they are still holding out hope that they can criminally prosecute this man and destroy him. He should be behind bars. That's what they say. You say hello to them. You see Joe Scarborough in an elevator over at 30 Rock. Hey, Joe, how are you? You must have got me. And that first thing he'll say, how's it going? How's the commute? He should be behind bars. That's not what I asked. (laughs) Hey, man, did you see that Knicks game last night? He should be behind bars. They're not even listening to themselves. They're so self-absorbed that they even think their torments are worth sharing with the rest of the world. It's like if you lost your car keys, that sucks. But would you really go up to strangers six months later and tell them you lost your car keys? No, because you know they don't care. Their reaction to you would be like, have you ever had a check? Why are you telling me? I don't care. But that's a guy like Joe Scarborough. The dog keeps barking, but the circus has left town. So here he is. Okay, Biden blew the whole thing. You cannot charge Trump. They might try. And I'm not calling for violence. I never will. But you understand you'd be risking some sort of a civil war if you tell me a guy can't have classified documents in his house that has Secret Service protection at a time when he has declassification powers as president. But the other guy as a senator can leave them all over the house, leave them in the garage, leave them in an office that was donated to by the Chinese Communist Party. There'd be such a vast double standard. You know, you, there's no way in the world the Justice Department would ever have any integrity again. But here is Joe Scarborough still desperately trying to throw that Hail Mary on his biggest sexual turn on, which is getting Donald Trump. This is clip four. What Mike Pence did and what Joe Biden did is what law abiding citizens would do. They find classified documents. They immediately contact the authorities. They immediately secure them and they immediately get them to the DOJ. Donald Trump, on the other hand, takes them, hides them. And then says, r- no, lies, you can't have them. Says they can't have them. They're in long-term negotiations. The, his lawyers lie to the DOJ, saying that they've given everything back. And then when the DOJ calls, the FBI calls, he sends staff. We got it on camera. And they start moving uh, documents out of the space some. where they were hidden. <laughs> this is Looney Tunes. Looney Tunes? That's all, folks. <laughs> When he says Donald Trump, on the other hand, and you hear Mika jump in, yeah, Donald Trump. I'm going to go home tonight, fill up the bathtub and scream in it. Ah! (laughs) Yo, they hate him so much. It's personal. And I say this to you all the time, man. Okay, I'm in a marriage. I'm married 16 years. I'm in a happy marriage. Fine, but I'm in a, like, a, Jenny's pretty thrilled with her position. She says we're doing okay. That is correct. Fine, but the point is, okay, I'm in relationships. I understand that when you operate from a place of emotion, it denies you the self-awareness to go, hey, I sound like an idiot right now. So in their heads, this is so emotional for them, they don't realize how stupid they are. Mike Pence did and Joe Biden did what is what law-abiding citizens would do. No, law-abiding citizens cannot you know, possess classified documents outside of a government-secured skiff. Law-abiding citizens cannot have those documents in or out of a skiff without having them in a protected briefcase. 
So by definition, they didn't do what law-abiding citizens do because they broke the law. Do you understand? I'm telling you, that boy's a genius. So right off the bat, that's distinction one that fails. Distinction two is, oh, well, Trump's lawyers lied to the DOJ. They said you don't get him. We don't know that. Okay, we don't know that from the DOJ. We know that from Joe and Mika's fantasies. Okay, that's their characterization of this story, that Trump didn't cooperate. Okay, Trump was asked by the DOJ to put a padlock on his closeted Mar-a-Lago. He did it. So is that the definition of not cooperating? No. Okay, they've characterized not cooperating as well. He was, you know, a little slow to return one of the emails. Okay, if the law matters in this country and we are truly to believe anyone compromised our national security interests, they should be held to the highest standard of the law, Republican or Democrat. The problem is in doing what Biden did as egregiously as he did, leaving documents unsecured, no Secret Service protection, at a time when he didn't have the declassification powers that Trump did, okay, he also left those documents in the proximity of his son Hunter Biden, who was accused on record through emails and banking transactions, 157 of which were flagged by Barack Obama's Treasury Department, suspicious activity reports, as doing shady business overseas. Now, a guy who's a crack addict who's known to be selling influence in our government so much so that a Democratic president's Treasury Department flagged them, has access to these classified documents, that could be a really big problem for all of us. And there's no world where you can overlook that, charge Trump, but not hold Biden to the same standard. If there's a double standard, there's none. Okay, if people don't buy into the rule of law, it becomes impossible to uphold. And Joe Scarborough, in trying to hold on to this fantasy that, oh, we can still get Trump, is not a testament to Trump being unhinged or Trump being out of control. It's a testament to Joe Scarborough having lost his ever-loving mind. That's true. That is true. But we talk about people losing minds really quick because I want to work in this Biden clip. So Biden just sent Abrams tanks as I was ranting and raving about Joe Scarborough. He just sent a bunch of Abrams tanks over to Ukraine which, congratulations, brings us one step closer to having our own soldiers on the ground, something we were told is never going to happen. That seems to be the end game here. They're easing us in. Okay, this is the old cats on the roof. Do you know the joke about the cats on the roof? Okay, here it is, really quick. Here we go. Stick with me. It's an old street joke told to me by my seventh-grade teacher, Mr. Schwab, who, if you are into Jimmy Fallon trivia, is also the reason I'm a cab driver. He told me he drove a cab one summer in New York City, and it was the most profound experience of his life. And that you learn all kinds of things and you talk to such a vast cross-section of society that it's really enlightening in a lot of ways you never once considered. And it was just a really great way um, to kind of culture yourself without going anywhere. So it was always in the back of my head that I was going to drive a cab and then I married Jenny and had a baby and Maury Povich said it was mine. So Hong Kong, get in. Where do you want to go? I'm your driver. But stick with me. The ease in, okay, the cat on the roof. It's an old joke where a guy has a cat. He loves his cat. He's single. He has no kids. He's obsessed with his cat. And his family keeps telling him, you got to get away. You know, you're so stressed out. You get so much anxiety. You got to go on vacation. Would you take a damn vacation? The guy's like, I don't want to take a vacation. I want to leave the cat. I can't take the cat on vacation. Come on, man. And I'm like, no, I'm telling you, just go. We'll watch the cat for you. So his brother, you know, yells and screams at him. His mom yells and screams at him. He goes on vacation looking for love, okay? They want him out of the house. They need him to meet somebody. So they convince him to leave the cat behind. And lo and behold, he does. Flies down to a singles resort has a little drink at the open bar. Of course, his thoughts are with the cat back home because he's a weird cat guy. So the first thing he does is he calls the house. He says, hey, man, I made it down here. Yeah, I'm having a drink. Everything's great. By the way, how's the cat? And they're like, oh, the cat's dead. 
He's like, wait, what? What are, you, what are you talking about? How could you say that to me? How could you be so insensitive? That cat was my life. And the guy's like, yeah, well, the cat's dead. I'm really sorry. I don't know what to tell you. He's like, my God, you can't, you can't ever do that to somebody. He's like, I, next time you got you to gotta let me down easy. You know, I call you up. You say, well, you know, the cat's up on the roof. We're having a little trouble getting her down. You know, and then maybe I call you up the second day and you're like, oh, wow, the cat fell off the roof. It's not looking good. This isn't good. And then maybe the third day I call you, say the cat died. Uh, not going to make it. I'm so sorry. And then at least, you know, you kind of ease me into such a trauma. I mean, how could you do this? You destroyed the whole trip. You destroyed my life. He's like, and you got to keep that in mind for next time. And the brother's like, dude, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry about the cat. I'm sorry about anything. And so he goes, well, anyway, he goes, how's mom doing? And he goes, oh, she's up on the roof. We're having a little trouble getting her down. That's the war in Ukraine, sadly. Okay. First we sent missiles. Ah, we're not going to have any boots on the ground. Don't worry. Just send in money. And we're like, all right, then we're sending our missile system. But don't worry, we're not going to have any boots on the ground. We're just sending money and our missile system. Then it was, all right, now we're sending tanks. And we sent our missile system and we sent money. But don't worry, we're not going to have boots on the ground. There's nothing left to do now but put boots on the ground. That's what's going on. This is ridiculous. Totally. But even more ridiculous is how Biden characterized the situation. I will play it for you when we come back. is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. More than 2 million rounds of artillery ammunition and more than 50 advanced mobile launch rocket systems. And I ship an air defense system. All to help counter Ukraine's brutal aggression. That's happening because of Russia. I mean, dude. And what are we doing? We're prioritizing the protection of another border... And leaving ours alone again. Welcome to the Biden administration. Home to the new slogan, America. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Hey, girl, here we go. Here we go. Back in action on Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, your source for top shelf radio in a bottom feeding political world. The war on Ron DeSantis' 2024 campaign has begun, and no, it's not being fought by his potential rivals in the Republican Party. It's being run by Joy Reid. Joy Reid is a race-baiting loser. Is she ever? But even CNN and Don Lemon 
weighed in to say that Ron DeSantis is trying to ban the teaching of slavery. People aren't buying it, CNN, you dumb bastard. But why do they play the race card as desperately as they do? I'm going to explain it to you in this hour. We're going to have a grown-up talk about educating our students. We're going to talk about race relations. And we're going to talk a little more about this classified document scandal because we just got an update, and I do have to get Dennis on to the show. Because as marquee callers go, uh, you know, up in Salisbury, Vermont, if you're listening on WVMT, I mean, Dennis's, you know, if there was like a ring of honor at the Spanked Puppy where we did our meet and greet, Dennis would be just outside of it. Uh, and joining us now so you can all understand why is Dennis. Yo, man. Jimmy, is this the guy who's staying known around my house as the sexiest guy in talk radio? <laughs> it's a low bar. Sexiest guy. No one's putting out that calendar. You know what I'm saying? It's- it's those dreamy chins. <laughs> That's funny. Each yeah, the sexiest Jimmy, guy in radio. Each each month gets two photos, one for each chin. I love it. J- Jimmy, uh, something you brought up as a preface, but I called on something else. I'd like to. Uh, I, I want to say that I kind of liked our chances for military success in Afghanistan and Iraq better than I do in Ukraine. And. <laughs> Now, the, the uh, regarding classified documents, am I the only one who thinks a key distinction that must be considered is is the inordinate accretions to personal and family wealth while the person in possess, was in possession of classified documents? I, I mean, mean, Trump lost value, lost net wealth. Pence, I don't know about. Biden is 80K a month, and you and your screener might be used to those wages but uh, <laughs> by now. But, yeah. Uh, Yeah, I'd work for half that salary. Oh, you ain't kidding, man. Well, this is the bottom line. Everyone trying to draw the distinction of like, well, Trump was slow getting back to them. You know, the real distinction is what you just spoke to, which is who constitutes a bigger security risk. The guy who has never been accused of selling interest in our government or the guy that we know was doing it. I mean, we know every news network that says, oh, yeah, by the way, the Hunter Biden laptop's real. They were only doing that, obviously, to distance themselves from the cover up. But there's an obvious second layer to that conversation. If you say the laptop is real, it means the emails are real, which means the influence peddling scheme was real. So it's amazing that news networks in one breath can admit that the laptop was real, but then the next want you to believe that there's no threat constituted by Biden having those classified documents. I mean, it's bananas. I mean, you see through it. Do you think anyone else does? I don't know, Jimmy. Listen, uh, if uh, as always, if I can do anything at all to improve your show, um, then uh, you obviously have a lot of work to do. <laughs> ah, Dennis, you're the best, man. Listen, we're coming back to VMT. I, I, we don't know. We haven't set a date yet because I have like 500 road gigs to do. But I do I do look forward to spending some time with you this spring. So get your game face on. Pick up hitchhikers because I'll, <laughs> be, I'll be on the road. <laughs> you're the best. See you soon. There goes Dennis uh, up in Salisbury, Vermont. Get him out of here. Get him out. Oh, not Dennis. Dennis is welcome to stay. Joy Reid, all the race baiters on the left have to go. I want to have this conversation really quick because Gianno Caldwell is coming up in this hour. And, um, you know, if you know Gianno Caldwell from the channels, obviously a Fox News contributor, he's a black conservative. He wrote a book about how the Democratic Party left behind black voters. And Gianno was famously for saying on our air, he's famous for saying on our air, black lives don't matter. Black votes do. Tell it like it is. The Democratic Party cannot win elections without overwhelming support from the black community. And they've gotten so accustomed to that support over the years that they abandoned any pretense of trying to help 
the black community. They just decided that their your vote was their birthright. Ergo, they could say anything they wanted in a presidential campaign and still retain your support. Do you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black? Understand, Democrats were willing to say defund the police, something that sent the murder rates soaring in the black community. Okay, Democrats are willing to say defund the police knowing they'd have their own police protection. And when they got caught in an obvious hypocrisy, they were willing to to tell all of you to go screw because their life was more important than yours. I'm going to make sure I have security because I know I have had attempts on my life and I have too much work to do. There are too many people that need help right now for me to to allow that. So if I end up spending two hundred thousand, if I spend ten, ten, ten more dollars on it, you know what? I get to be here to do the work. So suck it up and defunding the police has to happen. We need to defund the police and put that money into social safety nets because we're trying to save lives. What would you do with the brain if you had one? I mean, could you imagine being that stupid? Defund the police has to happen because we're trying to save lives. Wait, what? Less cops means more crime, dopey. But she knows that. She's not concerned with the outcome because she has police protection. But I make this point. I make this point a lot on this show because I want you to understand what's really going on in the Democratic Party. Democratic Party, which is, of course, the party of the Klan, which is, of course, the party of Jim Crow. Uh, Democratic Party, which was, of course, the party of slavery. If you date all the way back to the institutional founding of this country, understand that they have harmed and continue to harm the black population more than anything they could ever accuse the Republicans of in a million years. What has abortion done? but kill over 2 million black babies every single year. Abortion founded by Margaret Sanger, the patron saint of Planned Parenthood, who openly espoused eugenics. She wanted abortion in our society as a means of controlling the size of the black population. That was the purpose of abortion. And the Democrats turned it into a women's rights issue and said, like, no, this is empowering. Killing a baby will make you do better in your career is what... It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. But that's what they sold it as. And enough women bought on to be like, yeah, we're tired of being under attack. What do you mean we can't kill a baby? I want to go work all day in a cubicle. That's empowering. Being given the gift of life from God and the humble privilege of raising a child... And being responsible for its entire well-being and upbringing and everything it learns and everything it contributes to the world. That's not empowering. Working past deadline on a Friday night and turning in another soulless report so I can make an extra couple hundred bucks a year. Now that's empowering. I mean, that's what they sold people. And they were like, yeah, kill the babies. Woo! psychotic. It's disgusting. And they continue to frame this as, well, if you want to protect these babies, you must be trying to harm the black community. No, we're trying to keep the black babies alive. Do you understand? That's not harming them. I mean, it's harming them if you make them sit through like an episode of The View or watch Joy Reid's show. But in terms of overall life and the gift thereof, we're not trying to harm them. We're trying to let them live. That's why when Kamala Harris was at her pro-life rally the other day, she conveniently omitted when she was quoting the Declaration of Independence are inalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. She left out life. Why? Because in the Democratic Party, they don't want you to believe you have the right to life. You have the right to liberty if you somehow make it out of the womb alive, and you have the right to the pursuit of happiness. And according to the Democratic Party, 
Liberty and the pursuit of happiness mean the ability to kill babies. Here is Kamala Clip 33. A promise we made in the Declaration of Independence that we are each endowed with the right to liberty and the pursuit of happiness. She is a fraud, a phony, a woman without a moral core, a regular two-faced, mealy-mouthed politician who swings with the wind. Just human trash to go out there and, and you know, <laughs> again, try to weaponize the con- Constitution by pulling its words out of context. Hey, I'm speaking here as someone who supports the Constitution. Cheer for me. I'm just going to change the words a little bit to try to make my point believable. Okay, but you understand abortion harms the black community more than anything else. Who pushes abortion? Democrats. Okay, Democrats right now want you to believe that Ron DeSantis is banning the teaching of slavery in Florida, which is not true. Ron DeSantis wants to ban critical race theory. Critical race theory posits not that slavery happened. Every history course in America teaches that slavery happened. Every course in America teaches that the civil rights movement happened. Okay, what they don't teach, and this is the distinction between history as you know it and history as the Democrats want it taught, is CRT wants you to believe that the black community is still oppressed today. They want you to believe that every white kid in the classroom is unconsciously racist based on the privilege bestowed upon them and that they should open kindergarten by admitting and announcing to the world that they themselves are inherently racist. That's not how kids are calibrated to think. I've raised a kid. I've been a kid. You've all raised, been around kids. You know the difference. Okay? They're trying to sell fake oppression because if they can convince people that the world is still racist, then they can weaponize that grievance in the name of more votes. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. Totally. But understand what's going on as they accumulate votes is real-time harm to the black community. Okay, understand. Abortion, real-time harm. Defund the police, spike the black murder rate 30% since 2020. Real-time harm to the black community. Now understand the biggest one in terms of the day-to-day functionality of our children is the exercise and projection they run when it comes to education. What the Democrats want you to believe is Ron DeSantis is the devil because he doesn't want kindergarten kids being told they're racist whether they know it or not. He doesn't want to start off the first day of school by paying, playing pin the tail on the Klan member. That's not what he's into. He wants kids to learn to add and subtract and read and write all things they're failing to do in the inner city schools that bankroll the Democrats. Understand this, and this is the current grift of the Democratic Party. They want you to believe the Republicans are racist when it comes to educating minority students in America, but the Republicans support something called school choice. Why is that significant? Because school choice would give black children, Latino children, minority students in failing inner city schools, it would give their parents the right to take their kid to another school, meaning right now under the current configuration, there is no school choice in America, in most districts. The teachers union, 
which is the single biggest donor to the Democratic Party. If you were to go to a political convention, the Democratic Party on the floor, on the party floor, I was at the 2016 convention when they nominated Hillary Clinton in Philadelphia, like legitimately like 85% of the attendees are teachers. The teachers union is the most powerful lobbying arm of the Democratic Party. And I'm not saying teachers are bad, but a lot of people running the union are partisan shells. They don't care about the kids. They care about the power. They care about the money. So understand the teachers union giving as much money as they do to the Democrats, okay, are always, are always going to have their foot on the Democrats' throat when it comes to school choice. The minute the Democrats say, no, yeah, we want to let black kids go to good schools instead of being trapped in these failing inner city schools, the teachers union is like, oh, hell no, we'll take away our money. You ain't getting a penny. Are you kidding me? School choice? Yeah. How dare you look out for these kids? Give them school choice. Give them some upward mobility. You can do it, but guess what you're not getting from us? Money, 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 money. And the Democrats are like, well, hell, we know we, we want money. So you understand the Democrats oppose school choice. Every one of them will fight you tooth and nail about school choice and tell you, oh, you're racist if you want school choice. I mean, you know, what kind of monster would let a kid... Go to a better school where he could learn more and actually flourish as opposed to being taught by teachers who think five plus five equals jello. Their argument doesn't hold up to scrutiny. The Democrats are denying black school children school choice, and they're doing it because they want to get paid by the teachers unions. Please give us money. That's why they want all of your dollars poured into public schools. Okay, understand what makes this especially disgusting is that every Democrat that opposes school choice because they want you to believe it would decimate public schools. And that would be unfair to the minority students. What are every one of these Democrats doing? They're taking their kids to private school. You're all a bunch of grifters. Every one of them. When they were locking down public schools, what were they doing? Taking their kids to private school. Do you remember when Gavin Newsom got caught? Taking, dropping his kids off at school. Hey, you shut down the public schools. How come it's okay for your kids to go to school? And he was just like, oh, racism, a MAGA, the patriarchy. I I don't know. Okay, the bottom line is this. It's a lot of talk about curriculum and who's a racist for banning CRT and the 1619 Project. But the real question to be asked is who's the racist that's denying black students a quality education? Here's a newsflash. None of them, not a single one of them, happens to be in the Republican Party. And I'm out here in the real world, and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. You're listening to the most relatable man on the radio. Best way to describe him is to say he's the typical boy next door. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Gianno Caldwell's coming up. We want to talk right now. He's down in Florida. We want to talk about his governor, Ron DeSantis. He gave a press conference yesterday explaining why he was banning what is being called an African-American studies course because they're yelling and screaming that he's racist and everything in between. Here is the DeSantis justification, Clip 14. This course on black history, what are one of, what's one of the lessons about? Queer theory. Now, who would say 
that an important part of black history is queer theory. That is somebody pushing an agenda on our kids. When you look to see they have stuff about intersectionality, abolishing prisons, that's a political agenda. And so we're on, that's the wrong side of the line for Florida standards. We believe in teaching kids uh, facts and how to think, but we don't believe they should have an agenda imposed on them. Good for him. Okay, and you understand all the people slandering him keep misreading the room when it comes to parents. Parents love this. Okay, when they tried to say it was a don't say gay bill. Okay, the bill was six pages long, never mentioned gay once. That was the slander Democrats imposed because they were trying to pressure him into letting them have their way. Here is Don Lemon taking the characterization of what Ron DeSantis just said and saying that DeSantis wants to ban the teaching of slavery. Here it is, clip 15. So slavery uh, became illegal. Now it's going to be illegal to teach slavery in schools. It seems it seems really odd. I mean, where is he going to draw the line? Somewhere between abolition and now? I don't know where Ron DeSantis considers the the history versus the now. Isn't education all about critical thinking? I mean, you just verbalized what I was thinking. Look, there's going to come a point where we are going to teach kids about the MAGA movement. That wasn't comfortable for a lot of people. We're going to teach kids about the Oath Keeper. We're going to teach kids about what happened on January 6th. All of these things... That's going to be part of our history. And so are you going to ban that because it's not happy, because you don't like it, because it makes the MAGA movement look bad? Do you understand what I'm saying? That was absolutely dreadful. I mean, seriously. Shut up, fool! Okay, is anyone banning the teaching of slavery? The answer would be no. Did he just say we're banning the teaching of slavery? The answer would be no. No. He said we're not letting you frame this as black history and then shoehorn teachings about transgenderism and sexualizing children and intersectionality and abolishing prisons. Again, Don Lemon said, oh, critical thinking is important. No, no, no. School's jobs is to tell, teach kids how to think. It's not to teach them what to think. And that's exactly what they're trying to do in the Democratic Party. And that's why they're taking the L on this one, because DeSantis sees through the crap. It's the morning show that uh, overslept Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. We are fired up to talk to this next guest, a superstar Fox News contributor. He's recently thrown out of a Miami establishment. I haven't heard the full story so far. I'm on the owner's side. Uh, but joining me now to convince me otherwise, <laughs> the great Gianno Caldwell back on the show. Hey, man. You're on the owner's side, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I had to take I one see, shot. I see you 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 drinking the vodka in the studio today. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, the way this news cycle's going, we're moving on to stronger stuff than booze, man. <laughs> stronger stuff than booze. <laughs> Holy hell. This is the one thing I talk about all the time. Like, when you work in news every day, it's all so heavy and crazy and nuts that I don't know if it drives us crazy or it just makes us immune to covering it because we're always around it anyway. I don't know the answer to that. We could discuss it one time. We just can't be too loud, apparently. So what happened down in Miami? I got to hear this story. So I'm literally meeting neighbors of mine who I've seen around the building who said, hey, let's link up. You know how that goes. Mm -hmm. You say that to me every time I'm in New York. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I'm hanging out with them for the first time ever. They invite me to this restaurant slash bookstore, if you will. Okay. And – as soon as I sit down, they begin to pepper me with questions. How do you like working over at Fox News? 
are you a conservative? Oh, and I man. said, in fact, I am. I actually have a book out called Taken for Granted, How Conservatism Can Win Back the Americans and Liberalism Failed. Mm-hmm. And I tell them, told them they should get it. I then talked about my brother and how he was murdered in Chicago on June 24th last year. Today makes a month, what, seven months and, and a day Sheesh. since he was he was murdered. I talked about progressive DAs. Mm-hmm. I talked about God. I talked about a number of things, but it wasn't a debate. It was more of an open dialogue, and they were more intellectually curious. They were listening mm-hmm. to the things that I was saying. Then the owner, who had been giving me dirty looks since I had actually arrived there, comes over to the table and says to me, I've been listening to your conversation, and you shouldn't feel welcomed here. Whoa. And I said, oh, my gosh, did I say something that triggered you? He <sighs> said, no, but we're not politically aligned. You're not welcome here. I'm the owner. You have to go. So I stood oh up goodness. from the table and walked out. I didn't say anything more than that. Mm-hmm. And I and I, I left, and I then went and tweeted about it maybe about 10 minutes later because I was shell-shocked by the experience. Yeah. And it went viral with 2.5 million views thus far. Dude, that is insane. We're talking to Gianno Caldwell. And, you know, I'm glad you're willing to talk about this because it's disgusting how free – uh, and safe people feel uh, being racist towards black conservatives. Like yeah. things being said to you, things being – the things that have been said about Byron Donalds in the last two weeks, I'm like, my God I, – like I wouldn't tell those jokes to my prison bunkmate if we were celebrating That's our right. 30th anniversary. I'd still be self-conscious saying this stuff publicly, and these people are out there doing things. It's really crazy. So let's speak to this for a second, dude, because I, you know, you did. You wrote a book about this called Taken for Granted, and – you know, is it that they feel threatened by the idea of you that justifies them lashing out the way they do? Like, what do you think it is specifically besides your wardrobe, which is obviously concern number one? <laughs> you know, Jimmy, I think Senator Tim Scott said it best. He said for the left, their number one enemy is the black conservative. Mm-hmm. And even if I were to expand on that, that includes Hispanic conservatives, but especially black conservatives. And here's why. You cannot win a presidential election without the support of the black community. That's why uh, Joe Biden has been trying to change the primary map to start in South Carolina, where black folks are. Mm -hmm. Democrats cannot win a Democratic primary without black people since the 1980s when Jesse Jackson won. Mm -hmm. So if you want to control an entire uh, country, if you want to stay in power— then you're going to need black support. So they start off black folks really young. When I was growing up, I was told by my teachers that Republicans were racist. I was told by my family. I was told by everybody in the neighborhood that they were racist and they didn't care about black people. They didn't care about poor people. That is a control mechanism. Mm -hmm. That vehicle allows them to stay in power and win races. Mm -hmm. The moment that people break free and say, you know what, there's an opportunity for me on the other side. With Republicans who, by the way, the Republican Party was started in 1854 in opposition to the Kansas-Nebraska Act, which wanted to expand slavery. Every major civil rights bill and Congress that have been passed has only been passed due to the support of Republicans, including LBJ's uh, bill back in the 1960s. Democrats in the Senate who held the majority didn't want to support it. Republicans were the one who got it through. So. If you are a person who ascertained the kind of knowledge to see that freedom, freedom of uh, belief, freedom of depression, uh, freedom 
from this level of uh, this mentality, if you will, that says that I can't be what I desire to be. I can't be successful. I need the government to take care of me. Once you get free of that, then your life changes. Your life transforms. And they don't want your life to transform. They want you to need them. They want you to need government assistance. And I know there's a lot of black folks who've done quite well who still vote for Democrats because the tradition has held so strongly that there's nothing else. But still in all, they want to keep you uh, uh, submissive to them and their will. And that's unfortunate, but that's the reality we live in. That is so crazy. We're talking to Gianno Caldwell, Fox News contributor. Um, one of the points I wanted to expand on is that, you know, we I, I dumped a little time at the top of the hour into this whole war on Ron DeSantis and how he is banning what's being told as an African history study. Which, which, yeah, which is actually what? You know, they're talking about trans ideology and intersectionality. Exactly right. And exactly right. And when I saw that, mm-hmm. I did go on Twitter because I saw the letter that the Department of Education put out, which I thought was a poorly written letter because it was too open to interpretation. Mm-hmm. And I said in my tweet, I need to know why this AP class does not reflect Florida's values. Mm-hmm. And then I began to research and I see the queer, the queer studies and all this other stuff, it, nothing that has anything to do with African-American history. Nope. And then I, I'm like, okay, well, I understand now. But they could have done a better job. They should have done a better job explaining it to people so game. people don't get confused. Because no matter what you do, if you say as a Republican about any issue that has to do with black Americans, there's going to be scrutiny there. Mm-hmm. But you need to make sure it's very clear and not ambiguous as to what you mean when you say something. That's a great But point, thankfully, I, I agree with his decision to ban that form. And they even said it in a letter. They said, once you uh, create actual African-American AP studies based on the history of our country, then we're open to dialogue and conversation on it. And I absolutely agree. Again, I didn't understand it at first. Mm-hmm. And I dug in and did some research, but most people aren't going to do the research. Yeah. They're just going to say, oh, you're banning African-American AP history. This is obviously something that's racist and da-da-da, mm-hmm. which in actuality that wasn't the case. They could have did a better job explaining that. But then isn't – let me ask you this, Gianno, but isn't the whole grift of the Democratic Party that they love to start these fights over what is and isn't racist while while they themselves are doing the most harm to black school students by opposing school choice? One hundred percent. So we we can agree on that because that's just a fact in my view. Mm-hmm. That is, in my opinion, that is absolutely a fact. Here's the thing, though. Mm-hmm. Knowing what their game is, it's just like uh, mail-in uh, balloting and voting. Mm-hmm. We were like, oh, we disagree with that. We disagree with that. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, they're kicking our butts on the issue. Yeah. We got to become vocal. Donald Trump was great at that. Mm-hmm. He called them out. He said, and I know a lot of people got uptight about it, you know, what do you have to lose? Mm. The schools aren't good. They're not doing anything for you, and you've been voting for them for how many decades? That's a statement of fact. There's not been one Republican that was so vocal Mm -hmm. on the issue like Donald Trump was, regardless of what you think of Donald Trump Mm -hmm. or how you may feel. And I got my considerations myself. He was right. He was absolutely right. So who within the Republican Party now is going to stand up and say, listen, you all— are lying to people. You do not care about African-Americans. Maybe there's some within that party, but as an overall, they don't care. They want to control and abuse, and they want to create 
they want to create a reality for folks that they need, black folks specifically, that they need to vote in a, a Democrat. You need to have them. Otherwise, Republicans are going to cut off your benefits. They're going to do this. They're going to make sure that, that, that your realities in life are worse off than if they would be if you were voting for us. That's what they want. But we can't allow that to happen. And I think that's why people have to be vocal on that issue, because the message, the winning message is on the, in the Republican Party, not on the left. Well, I, you know what it is like the philosophical divide. We're talking to Gianno Caldwell, Fox News contributor. Uh, you can also see him on Tinder. Uh, just about every night of the week as well. <laughs> I'm actually this. not on Tinder. Oh, no. You... But maybe after this call. I don't know. You know, it's funny. I had a, I, I knew a comic who did a great joke. He goes, uh, I don't have a girlfriend. He goes, but I do have a woman in my life that would kill me if she heard me say that, uh, which is pretty funny. But uh, stick with me. <laughs> stick with me. Uh, the thing I wanted to ask you, though, is is knowing all this to be true, uh, and we agree on school choice and everything in between. What I'm so fascinated by now, uh, because we are turning that page towards 2024, is the left has clearly decided that they're going to give DeSantis the Trump treatment, meaning what he says is not as important as how they can convince people he said it. You know, whether it's the don't say gay bill, which we knew didn't ban gay people or the straw man war on racism. You know, it's definitely being waged right now. Like as we speak, like we're in the full throes of a 2024 campaign. It's just like a kind of a a shadow campaign. But what I wanted to ask you is in Florida itself, where you reside, is the mood reflective of election night where he won going away? Or did this latest characterization and attack on DeSantis change that mood? Like, where are Floridians on this getting past the bigoted owner who threw you out of his restaurant? Yeah, I don't I don't think the Floridians are looking at Ron DeSantis and uh, any different negative light. Just yeah. I mean, I think that the 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 AP class thing needs to be explained. And I think that he's already done that. I think that's been exposed. But Uh of course, Mainstream media is going to take it in a direction that they want. I think a lot of people are very happy that they live in Florida. I certainly am. I'm from Chicago, born and raised, but I moved here from Los Angeles in May 2020, two months into the L.A. shutdown, where people thought I was nuts Mm -hmm. for moving. Yeah, They said, why are you leaving? This thing is going to be over in a couple weeks, if not a month, next month. (laughs) And, of course, in in, uh, California, they're still under emergency orders. And then they wanted you to give them papers in order to go into a restaurant and live a regular life. Like, just be normal. Go have dinner with your family. Go have drinks with your friends. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to Florida, I think a lot of people are very satisfied with what Ron DeSantis has done. I don't think that there should be uh, this pushing a critical race theory. I think that American history and the things that have happened in this country, especially around race and African-Americans, is worse enough that you don't need to make it worse than what it actually already is. and But we need to learn from our history. We need to understand our history just to ensure that it doesn't happen again. Yeah. Uh, but those who are looking to create victims within the black race and, court, and, of course, villains with young white people are obviously out of touch, and those uh, values have no place in Florida. And I'm glad that he's protecting uh, uh, Floridians from that kind of stuff. Yeah, for sure. Now, as it pertains to 2024, you've been very vocal in the last few weeks in your support for Kanye West's campaign. Um, <laughs> oh, Gianna, you're the best. No. <laughs> kidding. You don't even have to clean that up. They know I'm kidding. No, I'm looking for Dave Chappelle for president. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I, listen, people don't realize 
How much help Chappelle has given to comics by being the one big name guy that would push back a little bit? Because what happens is, Giano, as you know, people aren't actually offended by jokes. We've created a culture where you get things for acting offended. We kind of incentivized outrage. We incentivized victimhood, as you were kind of speaking to that point politically. So the reason people protest Chappelle jokes is not because they're offensive. It's because he is the biggest name guy out there. And naturally, they'll get more clout and visibility going yeah, after him. More attention. Yeah, That's exactly. Right. A thousand percent. But he really did the world a favor in taking the stand he did. And if other bigger name comics like three years ago, four years ago would have said something, uh, we wouldn't be in the position we're in. Because what happened is like big name comics, everybody gets so af- gets so afraid of like the mob, like the digital, you know, little firing squad that gets together on Twitter every night and looks for a life to ruin uh, that nobody yeah. kind of wanted to defy them. But the fact that he did it really i will tell you this as a guy in comedy clubs it has helped other comics like it's emboldened them to know uh what we always knew to be true which is that people are on our side like you're not going to go to a comedy club buy two drinks pay a 25 dollars cover so you can ruin the guy's life you know what i'm saying <laughs> right. there, there was never the deal there was never the deal um yeah how far are you from you're right how far are you from clearwater from Clearwater, Florida. Is it far? I don't from? know. Maybe two hours. Oh, hours? it's still far. Know. No, because I've I've been I've been meaning to book a gig in your hood, and uh, there's so much like there's a lot going on. Yeah, let me host. Yeah, I would, dude. I would do a night with you in a second. That would be a then then instead of getting thrown out of a restaurant, you can get thrown out of a comedy club. That would be fun. I'm kidding. Yeah, then that would <laughs> that would be really surprising because I'm like, listen, my jokes. You heard mine. Now you hear Jamie. Hey. That's the one to get kicked out. Yeah, yeah for sure. You're hilarious. And oh, what you, you did stop. at the Patriot Awards oh, was buddy. just outrageously funny. And then your New Year's Eve special was so funny. So I'm I'm looking forward to you doing more of your stand-up oh. on the network. I think that will be phenomenal. You, you need to be honestly, dude, and thank you for saying that, man. And you read it just the way I wrote it down, so I'll send you the 50 bucks later. <laughs> right. But, no, you really do just need to be sure my agent. Yeah, this time. None of this Venmo crap. The last time it got lost, blah, blah, blah. Um, listen, man, <laughs> you're the best. You know I love you. We'll do it again soon, okay? Let's do it. And please follow me in uh, for updates on this restaurant issue because it's still ongoing. That's crazy. Uh, at Gianno Caldwell, G-I-A-N-N-O Caldwell, C-A-L-D-W-E-L-L. Again, that's on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Gianno Caldwell. Thank it's, you, Jimmy. It's a done deal. You're the best. I'll see you soon, brother. Be well. There he goes, the great Gianno Caldwell. There we go back after this. It's the show that leaves you hungry for more. We'll probably sit around and cook some soup, eat bread and desserts, and just get all fat and sassy. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Going to be hanging out with Pistol Pete Hegseth in the next hour. He has a new Fox Nation special coming out about the miseducation of America's children. This is a hot topic for me. I have a kid. As you know, you hear him on the show quite frequently. He might even be joining me on the road. Some of these upcoming dates. Let me give you some comedy updates really fast. Uh, Carson Nuggets, Saturday night, February the 4th. The first two shows sold out. Uh, The owner of the casino has just informed me that they'll be adding a third show. Saturday night, February the 4th at... 10 p.m. in the grand showroom, which is fancy. Like the idea that we're selling our rooms that big kind of blows my mind. I'm not going to lie. Uh, Fat Cats Comedy Club, Friday night, February the 17th, Saturday night, February the 18th. That's up in Utica, New York. Uh, they have added an early show. The first four shows sold out. They are adding a 
5 p.m. show on Saturday the 18th if you want to go. And then I'm heading out west again. I'll be in the Federal Way Performing Arts and Events Center, which is in Federal Way, Washington, Friday night, March the 3rd. Uh, Saturday night, March the 4th, I will be at the Crest Theater in Sacramento, California. Hey, girl. And then in April, I will be in the Tower Theater in Bend, Oregon, Saturday night. uh, Excuse me. Friday night, April the 7th at the Tower Theater in Bend, Oregon. And then Saturday night, April the 8th, I will be at the Egyptian Theater in Boise, Idaho. Going to be doing some barnstorming. And, of course, April 21st and 22nd, I am at Bananas in Bergen, New Jersey, April 21st, April 22nd. But in the next hour, I am right here with you on the radio doing the damn thing. Pete Hugseth is going to come by. We're going to talk about his Fox Nation special. And we're going to get into another push from the CDC to make the vaccines year-round stuff. It's really nuts. We'll get into it. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Well, well, well. You look who's back in action and coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. That's who we are. We're ranked number one. We're certainly not playing championship ball. But we're going to get a halftime speech in the locker room from Pete Hegseth in this hour of Fox Across America. You know him as a cable news super hunk, the co-host of the Fox and Friends weekend show, the host of the Patriot Awards. We were just hanging out together down in Florida, and he's going to be joining us from Nashville, Tennessee in this hour uh, to have a grown-up talk about a Fox Nation special he happens to be presenting live this evening, uh, and it is a four-part series, so it will be there on the streaming site, uh, for you to learn about the miseducation of America's youth. And essentially, this Hegseth special is about the fact that we're fighting a lot of the wrong battles in the classroom. We're not teaching people to read and write. We're telling them we're all racist. We're telling them they should be exploring other genders instead of focusing on the actual skills they'll need to acquire to get things done in the world. What the hell is the world coming to? I don't have an answer to that, but Pete Hegseth might. And if you have your own theory, your own hypothesis, you're certainly welcome to share it in this hour at 888-788-9910. The rules are always the same, man. You could be a Republican. You could be a Democrat. Just don't be a... Don't be one of those loonies over at the CDC. Or one of those loonies over in liberal media trying to make the case for even more vaccines. Because I got to be honest, it's happening right now as we speak, and it's all a scam. I, I, God, I'm so sick of talking to you about this uh, because I know you're sick of hearing about it. But the people that are getting loaded, oh, man. Are they getting paid off of these vaccines? Money, 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 money. It's all they want. It's all they care about. And I got to tell you, it's infuriating to me because when it comes to the vaccines, when it comes to money, the only discussion we should be having is about compensating the people who were fired because they refused to take the shot. You are correct, sir. And I really mean that. Okay, this vaccine was sold to us under false pretenses. We were told if you got vaccinated, you could not get COVID. And before anybody tells you that wasn't the sale, 
Okay, here is the CDC director, Rochelle Walensky, explaining exactly what the sale was. Our data from the CDC today suggests, um, you know, that that vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick, um, and, and that it's not just in the clinical trials, but it's also in real world data. Oh, just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. Oh, so what did she say? Vaccinated people? Our data shows they don't carry the virus, can't transmit the virus. Who could ever forget Rachel Maddow, famously saying on MSNBC, a channel we'll get to in a second, telling you the virus stops with every vaccinated person. It means that instead of the vaccine being able, excuse me, it means for instead of the virus being able to hop from person to person to person to person, spreading and spreading, sickening some of them, but not all of them. And the ones that it doesn't sicken don't know they have it. And then they give it to even more people because they didn't recognize they were right. Instead of the virus being able to hop from person to person to person, potentially mutating and becoming more virulent and drug resistant along the way. Now we know that the vaccines work well enough that the virus stops with every vaccinated person. A vaccinated person gets exposed to the virus. The virus does not infect them. The virus cannot then use that person to go anywhere else. It cannot use a vaccinated person as a host to go get more people. That means the vaccines will get us to the end of this. (laughs) Well, uh, yeah, so uh, here's the thing. You can't handle the truth. They were lying to you. Did you hear that? She said it means the vaccine, okay, the virus stops with every vaccinated person. It stops. You can't get COVID. You cannot spread COVID if you've been vaccinated. That is a fact check false. Okay, in the last month of data available to us, vaccinated people made up the most COVID deaths. Deaths. They died from COVID despite being vaccinated. The vaccine is doing nothing but making people money. That's all it is. Okay, Pfizer just jacked up the price by over $130 a shot because they have the government behind them pushing this thing on kids with no available data to say they need it, pushing multiple boosters on adults, many of which know better than to continue to take them. But here is Joe Scarborough at MSNBC, the network that you just heard telling you Vaccinated people cannot get COVID. That was the sale. You have to get the vaccine. It's not a personal choice. You can infect other people if you don't get the vaccine. That was the sale they were trying to make. They were shaming you. They were justifiably firing people from their jobs if they didn't want the vaccine not getting vaccines, it's time to start shaming them. Because frankly, we know that we can't trust the unvaccinated. F*** them, f*** their freedom. I want my freedom to live. No, screw your freedom. You're a schmuck for not wearing a mask. We have to stop coddling the morons who will not get the shot. Shame on you. Because as it turns out, the people who didn't get the shot We're all the way right. Natural immunity offers better inoculation against the virus than actually getting the shot. You know, there are places in Africa that don't have a vaccine, never had it once. And their COVID mortality rates, are you ready for it, are better than any state in the United States of America. Now, how could that be? Oh, yeah, we know how it can be. The vaccine doesn't actually work. A vaccine is designed to stop transmission. 
It's not designed to be a flu shot where you won't get this year's variant. You'll still get the flu, but you'll be a little better if you get it. But that's how they're trying to repitch this sale. Here is Joe Scarborough. Joe Scarborough has gotten three vaccines. He announced that he had three vaccines and he got COVID. Okay, and want you to believe he's glad he got the vaccine. Thank God I got, yeah, I got COVID, but thank God I got the vaccine, he wants you to believe. Okay, folks, that's like saying, Jenny and I are expecting a baby, but thank God we wore a condom. Man, so thank goodness we had it on our, I guess we'd be expecting 10 or 12 babies. It'd be worse. The point is the vaccine either works or the vaccine doesn't work. If you've gotten three shots and you got COVID afterwards, does the vaccine actually work? But here is Joe Scarborough, high priest in the cult of Fluanon. And this is the problem with people whose entire existence runs and revolves around moral superiority. They cannot admit they were wrong. The people I just played in that montage, it's time to start shaming the unvaccinated. They're going to get the rest of us killed because everybody knows if you get vaccinated, you can't get COVID. That's the position they took. The reason I save audio and play you old audio on the show, we call it permanent audio, is because I'm so interested in an honest conversation because we don't have them anywhere anymore. Okay, the people on the left, Joe Scarborough leading that charge this morning, now want you to believe... Okay, the deal with the vaccines was never that they were going to stop COVID. Okay, no, we no, we never said they were going to stop COVID. I just played you the CDC director saying they'd stop COVID. I just played you the entirety of the liberal media saying they'd stop COVID. And they were so certain they'd stop COVID that we should be shaming the people who won't get the vaccine because they're going to get everybody else killed. Now, to be clear, if the vaccine stops COVID, why should you care if anybody else has the vaccine? If you're protected, then it shouldn't matter what anyone else is doing with a vaccine. That's true. That is true. But that's how we know this was always about moral superiority and control. Let me give you two Scarborough sound bites. Okay, here he is this morning updating his own little show, which is the highest streaming program in Guantanamo Bay. Okay, we make fun of it. But this is what they waterboard inmates with now. You're not allowed to waterboard them. You'll go to jail. So they're putting on Joe Scarborough. They're putting on The View. People confess to anything you want just to shut off the TV. But here is Scarborough talking about how he should have gotten his fourth booster shot. The first three didn't actually stop him from getting COVID. But it's that fourth one. I'm telling you, that fourth one would have really got us over the top. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. Well, at least selling it there. Here it is, clip 23. You know, yesterday when I was talking about uh, uh, getting COVID and I and, and should have gotten a fourth booster shot, a lot of these freaks go, oh, fourth booster shot, Rova. No, listen, here's the deal, moron. <laughs> oh. If you get a flu shot, what do you do? Do you go to the doctor? Oh, my God, you want me to have a 50th flu shot? No, you get a flu shot every year. Right. And as we're finding out with this pandemic, well, it lasts six months, maybe a year. So, yes. Yes, put on your big boy pants, put on your big girl pants. And if you want to be healthy, I don't care if you don't. That's your business. Smoke cigarettes, do whatever you want to do. Stay up all night, don't sleep. That's fine. That was embarrassing. (laughs) No, it only lasts six months or a year. Yo, a vaccine. When you get the polio vaccine, do they tell you? All right, well, you're good for the next six months. The answer would be no. Seriously, you get the measles vaccine. Do they tell you, no, no, you'll be good for the 
next six months. Is that what they tell you? The answer would be no. No, what they tell you is you're good for the rest of your life because you got a vaccine. Correct mundo. A vaccine stops you from getting the thing you've been vaccinated against. And that's how Joe Scarborough sold it to you a year ago. So he sold it to you a year and a half ago. You're the problem in society because you won't get a vaccine. Here he is calling people freaks and morons for pointing out the obvious. If three vaccine shots don't stop you from getting COVID, 50 vaccine shots don't stop you from getting COVID. What an idiot. That's the problem here. But let me give you a little more because he goes on to admit that they don't stop the shot. And according to him, that was never the deal. Here it is, clip 24. We found out the boosters, the vaccines, they don't stop the disease, but they certainly do make a big impact. Instead of me being down for a month right. with fatigue, if I'd taken the booster, I would have probably sneezed and said, what was that, and kept going. Exactly. That's the difference. And so I love when people go, oh, I'm not going to accuse the difference, so you still get COVID. If I you know. Get the, no, that's that's, that's, that's the not point. the purpose of it. That's never been the purpose of the flu shot. I'm surrounded by idiots. Whoa. That's not the purpose of the COVID shot. You're alive. Yo, I'm playing you the CDC director. Are you ready? Here it is. Okay. To tell you what the purpose of the COVID shot is. Our data from the CDC today suggests, um, you know, that that vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick. um, and, And that it's not just in the clinical trials, but it's also in real world data. Oh, what? <laughs> Hold on now. Here's the president of the United States. Because you can't build a wall high enough to keep out a, 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 a vaccine. Spit the vaccine out. can stop the spread of these diseases. And so everybody talks about freedom and not to have a, to have a shot or have a test. Well, guess what? And so how about patriotism? How about making sure that you're vaccinated so you do not spread the disease to anybody else? Wait, what? Wait, make sure you're vaccinated so you can't get it and spread the disease to anybody else? But I was just told by Joe Scarborough that that wasn't the point of a vaccine. Do you see, folks? I'm telling you right now, I care. It takes a lot of work to do the show the way we do it. But we actually give you the honest context of every one of these issues. Everyone on Earth was demanding that everyone else get the vaccine because vaccinated people could not get COVID. Folks, as I speak to you right now, the vaccinated have died more from COVID in the past month than the unvaccinated. But there was a time when Hollywood was on board with denying unvaccinated people other medical care. Dr. Fauci said that if hospitals get any more overcrowded, they're going to have to make some very tough choices about who gets an ICU bed. That choice doesn't seem so tough to me. Vaccinated person having a heart attack? Yes, come right on in. We'll take care of you. Unvaccinated guy who gobbled horse goo? Rest in peace, Wheezy. I mean... You're an idiot! And so is everybody else that was pushing this vaccine. And now that they're trying to walk back the claim of what it was meant to do... No, the vaccine wasn't here to stop COVID. What do you mean? No, we we didn't have a fire extinguisher to put out flames. It was just here, you know... Because sometimes you like a good cloud of smoke and foamy stuff. Okay, no one is listening to themselves because they were so busy trying to con you on this vaccine that they didn't realize that the whole time was being spent conning themselves. The show that loves you like a sibling. We'll always be brothers. It's Fox Across America with brother Jimmy Fallon. 
And now, a reading from the pandemic-themed children's book, Oh, the Places You Won't Go, by Dr. Fauci. Congratulations! Today is your day, if you've been vaccinated. If not, there's no way. Can't take planes, Biden said. Can't take trains, walk instead. You can't steer yourself any direction you choose. You're stuck at home, and you're on your own, bro. Because you are the guy who's not vaxxed and can't go. You'll walk up and down streets, look in stores if you dare, but you can't go inside. You're not vaxxed, they don't care. Wear your mask in the rain and in snow and in sleet. You still can't hit a movie, they won't give you a seat. And you might still find many fun places in town. If you're going unvaxxed, you'll leave wearing a frown. And when spring starts to happen and winter is through, you still won't belong. You'll get kicked out then, too. Oh, the places you won't go. Yeah, that was the deal way back when. They said you couldn't go out to eat if you didn't have a vaccine. Couldn't go to school. Couldn't board a plane. Nothing. No vax. Stay home. That was the sale. Now we're being told, oh, no, we, uh... We never said that. We just said it was like a flu shot. It would reduce the symptoms. Democrats are so full of crap. The reason I make the point and I harp on it, you understand, I'm a guy who cares. Uh, I'm very new to this. This is, you know, the show isn't even three years old. Okay. And uh, I'm trying to use this platform as a force multiplier for good. And I'm just trying to use it as a unique place where we can be honest about what goes on in this country because we have really damaged our faith in public health initiatives by having the people in charge of the messaging, whether we're talking about Rochelle Walensky or even a guy like Dr. Fauci, okay, who have changed their guidance so many times without having any science to justify doing so. The science on COVID has not changed. What constantly changes is the political science around COVID. That's why we are operating at a time in this country where more people do trust Dr. Dre than Dr. Fauci. Fauci's just pulling stuff out of his butt. He's just another Yahoo who's doing this independently of the science. Here is Kathy Hochul. She's the governor of New York. She, of course, famously replaced Hansi Andy Cuomo, the outgoing governor. Andy! Andy! Explaining why she won't hire unvaccinated health care workers. This is clip 25. But I don't think the answer is to make, have someone who comes in who's sick be exposed to someone who can give them the coronavirus, uh, give them COVID-19. I don't know that that's the right answer. In fact, I'm pretty sure it's not. So we're exploring our options. But I think everybody who goes into a health care facility or a nursing home should have the assurance and their family members should know that we have taken all steps to protect the public health. And that includes making sure those who come in contact with him at their time of most vulnerability, when they are sick or elderly, will not pass on the virus. We lost 34 New Yorkers yesterday. We have 4,000 active cases. This has not gone away as much as we wish it would. Oh, shut up, woman. And the vaccine has no bearing on anything you just said, because here's a newsflash. Vaccinated people continue to get COVID. Bingo. So this idea that we shouldn't, oh, no, you can't work. It's not about controlling the pandemic. It's about controlling the people. He knows what he's talking about. It's America's Life Coach. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl, it is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. 
And if the band sounds fired up, it's because they are. You talk about a good get by our producer joining us now on the show. I mean, the sun never sets on this guy's broadcast empire. Host of the Patriot Awards, one of the hosts of Fox and Friends Weekends. He's got a new special out on Fox Nation called The Miseducation of America. I'm talking about Pistol Pete Hegseth back on the show. Hey, girl. What's up, Jimmy? How you doing? Everything. We're pumped up. We have It's been a rowdy show so far. So you're being okay. tasked with restoring order, which I know is not your forte. But, Not uh, really. I, I prefer chaos and disorder. <laughs> I know you do, man. I know you do. Um, but there's so much going on. The last time I saw you in person, I just want to confess to the American people that I was actually seeing three of you because we were in Nashville. Yes, that is true. Heck <laughs> of a New Year's, New Year's Eve party. You're, uh, in spite of all the HR complaints, you are invited back next year. <laughs> Yo, do you want to laugh, Hexeth? I was told exactly that, actually. I was told. <laughs> <laughs> No way. Not about HR, but I had, I'm not even kidding, I had like five different people randomly in the hallways. We were just talking about this on the show. I had people come up to me like, hey, I really loved your stand-up set on New Year's Eve. Uh, Did you get in trouble for any of that? And I was like, no, it's New Year's Eve. The thing about New Year's Eve, and everyone forgets this, is it's a carnival goldfish. It dies at midnight, and no one ever talks about it again. So you can kind of get a little nuts. You can. You can. It's fun. And you... You took you lived out every last second of that dying goldfish. And, uh, <laughs> that goldfish, it saw some things on the way out. It did. When you get up to goldfish heaven, he's got some stories to tell. Now, doesn't he? Uh, too funny. One other thing. Phenomenal. I, and phenomenal. I well, no, you're the best, Pete Hexeth. Come on, man. I'm about to sing "Wind Beneath My Wings" to you, so you stop it. This is just a Twinkie Munch now. But let me let me just tell you, okay, really quick before we move on with the show, though. Uh, your co-host, Fox and Friends Weekends, Will Kane, was on the show. As you know, you guys are quite competitive and you have quite a rivalry and i did on the air have to bring him inside the process of operating the mechanical bull and how the great cole hauser from yellowstone had explained how you could throw somebody off the bull faster if you wanted to keep them on longer if you wanted to but here's the drum roll pete hegseth i asked cole hauser i said hey did you give hegseth some home cooking and ditch me and will and the man looked me in the face and said no so your record stands. It actually stands as a victory. I just wanted you to hear that on the air. You know, thank you. I, I win a lot of rigged victories. There's a lot of parlor games of no skill. But on that night, I had just enough alcohol and just enough willpower that I gripped <laughs> to that bull with all I had. And I didn't care what was going to happen. I stared down Rip and I said, go for it. And he... He swore at me before I got in the bowl. He said, <laughs> you know, put on the and bowl. And I did. He tried to take you to the train station and kill you Yellowstone exactly style. Right. Yeah. Well, the other thing we learned, too, is Abby Hornacek, you never get in a bull riding contest with someone who brings their own bull. You know what I'm saying? I'm pretty sure she had a, a separate bull of her own, and, and, and she might have put up the bigger number. But I don't want to cast possible. aspersions on her character because there's another She's Fox very Nation. Well prepared. She's very well prepared. Yeah, let's, you, you, let's, you're never going to get uh, Let's leave it at that. You remember yeah. when remember when Donna Brazil got in trouble for leaking the debate questions to Hillary Clinton? <laughs> I th- I think there was a Donna Brazil on the New Year's Eve staff that was leaking the bull riding questions to Abby Hornacek is all I'll say. Possible. That score seems a little outlandish. Well, of course. Yes. <laughs> well, she is not the only Fox Nation host making headlines. So the special The Miseducation of America, it dropped Monday the 23rd on Fox Nation. We've been talking about this all day today, man. Uh, prior to even bringing up the, the subject of your documentary, it's if you just really started a 20,000 foot view. OK, we're fighting the wrong battles in the classroom. Is that a great place uh, to, to start 
Is that what you'd say? Yeah, I mean, we're fighting losing battles. We're fighting against indoctrination. We're not even at the point of teaching wisdom or virtue or goodness or the types of ingredients, civic virtue that we used to teach. We're just fighting off, don't change my kid's gender without telling me. So you know, I mean, this, this is we're, – we're losing big time because all we're doing is playing defense. And this season two will show – how we got here on the sex ed uh, gender identity stuff. I, I couldn't sleep last night. I don't know why. I ended up watching, again, all five episodes just to be prepared because we're doing a live summit tomorrow. Yep. It's, it's insane. I mean, we're talking communists, pedophiles, perverts, making up data, committing horrible acts on kids to justify, you know, data for, for, for reports, and then – it's all fraudulent, and they make up something like gender identity out of nowhere, out of whole cloth, yep. uh, and force it down the throats of the American people. And now it's the language our kids use. They don't even use biological sex. They use gender, and that's where they've got them. Yeah, it's such a racket. We're talking to Pete Hegseth, the new special. It is season two of The Miseducation of America. It is streaming on Fox Nation. There's such a great clip in there from DeSantis talking about this. And what's so funny about Governor DeSantis is his position is a popular position with parents. The media would have you believe he has become, you know, the devil incarnate. But parents actually prioritize what we're speaking to, which is not introducing these weird gender conflicts into kids' lives. But that's kind of what's going on is like all of these events, whether we're talking about drag shows for kids that's a recruiting event. It's not about tolerance. It's a recruiting event. It is, yeah. right? It's not about tolerance. It's about uh, sexualizing kids at the youngest of ages uh, to break down their innocence, which is really the, the most evil and deceptive thing you could do. And it started with cartoon books, and it started with you know, videos and, and, and you know, all that, coloring books, and now it's moved to Drag Queen Story Hour. And, you know, this. This is a winning issue for people yeah. that are willing to pick it up and carry it. You just have to be ready for the unions and for all the Twitter mongers to come after you. Parents agree with you. Uh, even liberals don't want their kids indoctrinated in some of these crazy schools. So I, it, it, it's not because you – I mean, yes, you have to show some courage. Mm -hmm. But if you like winning elections, it's a great issue to talk about. Yep. It's, no, it's a great point. And, and the thing is, you know, it worked in Virginia – because, you know, he had the foresight, Glenn Youngkin, to, to represent the interest of kids. And nobody wants to because the kids don't have a lobbying group. The lobbying group for kids yep. is parents, but they don't have the organized lobbying group. And this is the one thing that I think the left is doing effectively is we're never debating what's happening. We're debating what they say is happening. Like a good example of that would be DeSantis's parental rights and education bill obviously didn't ban the existence of gay people or the discussion thereof. But they brandished it as that. And in the court of public opinion, that's where the point of debate started. And I think that's part of their strategy is they're taking it intentionally too far. So when we push back on the right, they can characterize our pushback as some type of hatred or phobia. Is that kind of yeah. what you found when you yeah. were exploring this? Absolutely. And Florida is a great example because the don't say gay bill doesn't say gay anywhere. Nope. It just says you can't hypersexualize kids in first, second and third grade. Mm -hmm. So as long as you can get past the mischaracterization and put up with the name calling, you win. Because parents look at it and they, they, they see uh, that these are young, vulnerable kids with impressionable minds. And when they look up at a teacher, all they see is an expert. The new phrase the left uses all the time is if you're not sure about your gender identity or your sexuality, talk to a trusted adult. A trusted adult. It's yeah. never talk to your parents. 
It's talk to a trusted adult because your parents might deceive you, but the counselor or the teacher or the Planned Parenthood member, they're the trusted adult that you should talk to. By the way, Planned Parenthood yeah. behind all of this, oh, not yeah. just abortion. No, That's it's, it yes. from the beginning. Oh, of course. And it's, it's disgusting because the thing is, too, when they're, you know, as you know, when you raise kids, they go through so many stages of development in terms of their preferences changing. The food, the shows, the games, the vocabulary. This idea that you're pushing a permanent surgical alteration to their being at a time when their being is going to evolve so much, it really is barbaric. But on some level, the people doing it are doing it because they know they have a customer for life, too. If somebody's yes, exactly right. It's a four to $500,000 worth customer for life. So and it's one of the only things where you basically self-diagnose yep. with the help of someone who affirms your confusion. Have you met, uh, you know, my seven-year-old, I think I've said this to you before, like he legitimately thought he had a shot at being Batman. <laughs> I mean, they just don't know. My 11 and 12-year-olds don't, don't know. They're discovering the world and what, and yet they're being pushed into the hands of counselors well, who are recommending social transition, which leads to physical transition. It's crazy. We're talking to Pete Hegseth, the series The Miseducation of America, season two, now streaming on Fox Nation. We have a live stream tomorrow night, January the 26th. That is at 7 o'clock on Fox Nation. So are you saying, though, in the eyes of liberals, when Lincoln said he was Superman, I should have been throwing him off the roof of the house to see if he could fly? <laughs> it's, Possibly. Dude, you never know. It is, it is so psychotic, man. And what I think is going to – what I pray is going to happen, okay, is we could stop this in our lifetime. But I have no doubt that 100 years from now this will be looked upon as like an actual human rights abuse, that they were willing to do this I to kids. So. Yeah. I hope so. I mean I think – the crazy part is, like, when Dr. John Money put it, put this all together, it started with biological twins, one of which had a mutilated private part, and so he told the mom to raise it as a girl instead of a boy, mm -hmm. and cataloged what happened to Reimer twins, mm -hmm. and tried to prove that gender was a social construct. At the end of it, Brenda, who was Brad, changed his name to, I believe it was David, and both the brothers ended up killing themselves. Like, it was That's an utter sad. failure. Yeah. Yet, the, the book and the science and the accolades followed and no one looks back to to see whether or not it was true nope. and so it just perpetuates itself more social pressure well listen we're excited for the live stream tomorrow and i thank yeah. you for not having me on it i i would drop an f-bomb if i was talking about this subject on live tv it so. deserves an f-bomb <laughs> yes, you, you are well within your rights all right throw the fastball heg seth we'll all be watching thanks man you got it thanks jimmy you're the best there goes the great Pistol Pete Hegseth, The Miseducation of America Season 2, the live summit tomorrow night, the 26th day of January. It is streaming at 7 p.m. on Fox Nation. You better be there. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. He is one of those iconic figures that fans care about. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon fired up because we just brought in a marquee member of the Gutfeld squad. Why do you do things like that? You're like a crazy person. There's a Kevin Meany drop, but no, Kevin Meany is always here in spirit, but in the flesh, a superstar writer for the Gutfeld show, a frequent panelist on the program as well, a comedy 
hero of mine that you can see at Bananas Comedy Club February the 3rd and 4th, right in Bergen, New Jersey. I am talking about Jolton Joe DeVito. Hey, girl. Hey, I'm completely naked right now. <laughs> Wait, what's going on here? So excited I am. Joe DeVito, he's pumped up. The, you know, people, radio's an aphrodisiac for a lot of people. They don't talk about it. It is. I, do you know I have a woman who calls into the show who's going to hear this reference right now, who listens to the podcast version under the covers every night. Wow. And she'll she'll message me on the Facebook Messenger like, hey, I'm getting under the covers right now. Wow, you lost listen. me at You Have a Woman. That's, <laughs> where, that's where the story just didn't work. <laughs> you and my producer. So we have Mikey Mondays. We're trying to find Mikey a date. Oh. So we're going to have to have like DeVito Thursdays or something. You guys can compete for type of uh, internet superiority. Mikey, just talk to me about this. Coach yeah. me through Mikey's mishandling of a situation. Okay. So last Monday, DeVito, mm-hmm. uh, a woman reaches out, says, I have a single daughter who might be a good candidate for Mikey. She is of his age. She lives down in Nashville. Okay. She passed along her Instagram profile. Mikey should reach out. Okay. So far, so good. We ascertain, with the help of my wife, that it's not that Tennessee cop that banged everybody on the <laughs> stand. <laughs> that was, That's that, good to that little bobblehead yeah, evil that imp. Our, that was our first concern. It was yeah. not that. It is an actual uh, uh, very fetching young lady. Okay. Okay. Mikey, according to his version of the story, but his versions always collapse under cross-examination, <laughs> uh, claims he reached out for the first time this past yesterday, Mikey? This morning. Yeah. So he's acting on the intelligence passed along by the Intel Committee a full nine days later. Whether or not that's true, I don't know, because Mikey is a little squirrely around his dating, but just stick with me. Strategically speaking, if it's true, is this not a bad follow-up by Mikey? Wait a minute. When did he make the contact with her? He says this morning, having been given the information last Tuesday. Now, he says there are rules of engagement on Instagram where she has to be yeah. following him back before he can engage via a message. Well, it sounds like he sat on the intel for a while, and then now he's trying to make instant coffee here. With, <laughs> Mikey, you know. another guy impugning your police work here, Mikey. This is not good. Your, your ratios are off. <laughs> you you want to act on the intel and then give her a moment to at least look at her phone or check something. See, this is so different than, yes. than when, you know way In, back when you were single millions mm-hmm. of years ago, and even as, as someone of your generation and a little bit older, that this is – when I hear about online stalking, which I think is maybe the concern here, I think of what about the good old-fashioned in-person stalking we had to do <laughs> where you had to hide behind a bush. You, you learned about pine cones. It was like Boy Scouts. You got fresh air. He Joe, can't be bothered to send it a slide to a DM. Where's Come the on. hustle? Where is the – in my day, Mikey, you had to go out and lie right to the woman's face. Yeah. You couldn't sit behind a keyboard and curate this perfect Uber version of your life. You had to come up with it on the spot. Oh, no, I'm in the CIA. I'm in the CIA. No, I'm in the CIA. Yeah. None of this. This is nonsense, Joe DeVito. Do you give out dating tips at your shows? I feel like you should. I do. I do. Well, I use my dating career more of as a cautionary tale. <laughs> more of a don't let this happen to you. <laughs> like, like, remember Lead Week? Were you in school when they'd have people come? And we called it Lead Week by us, but it was basically like a Just Say No Week where guys oh. would come tell you about their drug consumption and how it ruined them or their mm. gambling problems. And I can just remember the place I was at uh, in as my junior year of high school, it was called Lead Week. A guy came in from Gamblers Anonymous and told the story of gambling and yeah. it getting out of control and hitting rock bottom. And at the time, he was giving us this story about hitting rock bottom and owing an uncle $3,200 that he didn't have. I, as an 11th grade student, was in about 12 times as much gambling debt <laughs> as this guy. You can see this. Either it was too late or made no, <laughs> no impression on you. I was about to shove the guy out of the way. 
It's like, listen, kids, let's have a talk about gambling. Yeah, that's that's the balance those those stories always, always need to hit is that they can't make it sound too attractive. I, I remember watching Oprah once, and she had a guy on who said that he, he was a reformed guy, and he said that he, with his addiction to sex and drugs, he said he'd wasted almost $60,000 in a year. My first thought was, 60 G's is not that bad <laughs> for sex and quality crystal meth. That's You might even say that's frugal. <laughs> in these prices. I know. In, in this, this day economy, and age. Come on. In this economy. Joe DeVito is in studio. You watch him on Gutfeld. He writes for the program. We're going to New Jersey, February 3rd and 4th. Is there any other date I should get to while I have two minutes with you? Absolutely. Well, let's see. This this Thursday, I'm going to be in Pinehurst, North Carolina at the Bradshaw Performing Arts Center. What? The uh, 10th and 11th, Saratoga Springs Comedy Works. Damn right. Uh, the 17th at the Manatee Performing Arts Center Whoa. in Braden, Florida. I love any performing arts center named after an aquatic mammal. <laughs> and then Comedy Cabaret in Doylestown, New Jersey at the end of February. I am I am everywhere. And I'm going to be on Gutfeld tomorrow night. Yes, Thursday you are. Night. Joe DeVito on Gutfeld tomorrow night, Thursday night. You get the Fela to DeVito handoff. I'll be on Hannity. He'll be on Gutfeld. you got to bridge the gap with Laura. I can't help you. <laughs> I don't have anybody I don't have anybody in between. Mm. Uh, but we can work that out. But you'll be watching DeVito at 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on Gutfeld tomorrow night, the 26th day of January. It doesn't get any better than that. Um, I love this idea of using your life as a cautionary tale because I, I think I'm doing it wrong. Yeah. I think I keep trying to inspire people. I'm like, I drove a cab and now, look, I'm hanging out with DeVito on TV. Like, you can do it. Yeah, that's but, not a sign of a life headed in the right direction. Now, yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. I think I should be telling them the opposite. Yeah. If you find yourself in the positions I've been in, <laughs> don't work harder, work less. Actually, yes. walk away. <laughs> yeah. get, get out while the getting's good. Obama yeah. ran on Yes, We Can. DeVito wants you to run on No, We Can't. No, you can't. At, <laughs> at, least, uh, at least you probably shouldn't. That would be my slogan. <laughs> And so everything I've said for the last two years, go the other way. And yes. we're, we're back here to do no it again question. tomorrow with more words of wisdom from Joe DeVito. Check him out on Gutfeld tomorrow night. Uh, this show is over. You can see me on Waters World with Jesse Waters tonight. I'll be on with Harris Faulkner in the morning. Until then, be a Republican. Be a Democrat. Just don't be a... Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.